everyone, and welcome back to Star Holes. The only show whose name we encourage you to not Google without the word podcast after it. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the Night Sisters, and we have two very lovely guests with us today. Uh, why don't you two introduce yourselves, tell you, tell us where we can find you, um, and why you are passionate about the Night Sisters. Why don't we start with you, Ruth? Um, so, my name's Ruth, and I... Where to find me second? Sorry. <laughs> um, I You can find me as Ruthless Night Sister on TikTok or Ruthless Cosplay on Instagram, and... I'm passionate about the Night Sisters because I love the Night Sisters in Clone Wars. And then I played Jedi Fallen Order and I just fell in love with Marin. And I also cosplay Marin, which made me love her way more. Your cosplay is fantastic. The it's best so Marin good. that I have seen by far. Um, how about you, Liliana? Hi, um, my name's Liliana. Um, you can find me at, at Liliana Shapiro. My last name's not actually Shapiro. Uh, common misconception. I just cosplay Abby Shapiro. <laughs> Um, and I love the Night Sisters because, like, they're just my feminist heroes. <laughs> and I've always been very into, like, witchcraft and stuff. And I love just this intersection of, like, my favorite thing, Star Wars and magic and, like, fantasy and women. Uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, and with that, uh, let's let's get started with the first act of today's episode. Um, yeah, let's talk about the history and the culture of the Night Sisters. Um, they were first introduced in Star Wars Legends, um, but then obviously carried into canon uh, with the Clone Wars and then with Jedi Fallen Order. Um, so yeah, let's 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 get into it. Um, so. Um, there's not really an origin story for the Night Sisters in canon, but what we do know from legends is that a exiled Jedi uh, went to Dathomir and she kind of took, she recognized that Dathomir was uh, a very force sensitive place and she taught uh, the Dathomirian women the ways of the force and developed a organization, a sisterhood rather, um, of force users and under control of Alia, she um, kind of emphasized the importance of using the light rather than the dark side. And she wrote a book based on um, the Jedi texts called the Book of Law. Um, but over time, uh, many of the tribes of the Night Sisters uh, decided that maybe they did want to use the dark side. And that ended up in them uh, kind of overthrowing her and writing what they called the Book of Shadows, which was a interpretation that uh, involved the dark side of the force and dark side spells. Um, and they became the Night Sisters. And um, so that kind of leaves us uh, right into the canon because um, at that point, the Clone Wars was um, not owned by Disney and so their stories kind of overlap and we get right into the Clone Wars. Um, so yeah, let's talk about uh, their story in canon and uh, their relationship with the Separatists, with the Zabrak. Um, yeah, do you want to get us started, Ruth? Oh. And I just want to hear from everyone also that I, I, I feel like there's always one aspect of like the Night Sister culture and whatever that is just like your absolute favorite. So like, what would you say like really draws you to it because for me it's the fact that they have like a hunger games arena for the night brothers to like choose their husbands yeah <laughs> ruth what what do you think what what like what about their culture is just like so fun for us 
I don't know. I do love that rewatching. I was rewatching those Clone Wars episodes yesterday and I was like, wow, this is like really harsh. But like also I get it. Go matriarchy, I guess. <laughs> um, but I kind of just like like their undying loyalty for each other. We don't really see that in all the other like force groups. Um, so it's really cool to have all these powerful women that like support each other and help each other become more powerful. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Liliana? Um, I love that it's like, it's very similar to like Themyscira, which is like, uh, like where Wonder Woman's from and everything. Um, in that like the women are in charge and that like the men are only there for reproduction. <laughs> um, and like these women are just so powerful. They are clearly the dominant sex of the planet, which is such an interesting thing, especially in Star Wars, because I feel like sexism doesn't really exist in Star Wars, you know, like in the, for the character. I mean, obviously we know in the fan base it does, <laughs> but like not really in the in the world of Star Wars. Like you never mm-hmm. really see people using like people's gender as like an insult or like Ray, like her gender was never really like mentioned or anything. So yeah, I think that's like a really interesting, just like social dynamics that we don't really see. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk about a bit about their culture because they are, like you said, they're a matriarchal society and they are very loyal to each other. Um, but they have a lot of values and rituals that they perform that we don't see in any of the other force sensitive groups. Um, that might just be because they're, I mean, they call it magic. It is force power, but they call it magic and they've got, you know, traditions and rituals that they maintain throughout their entire history even all the way up into fallen order um as Merin tries her best even though she is the only one left to uphold these values and these traditions so let's kind of talk about that hannah what do you do you have what do you want to say about that yeah um i i think that my favorite part about the episodes that are on dathomir is when we see them like as an organized group sort of having their rituals and those sorts of things like how Asajj Ventress is like rebaptized as a night sister um it just shows how like they're so organized and it's such like a um like a really deeply entrenched set of like cultural values and practices that they have um but yeah it's 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 really interesting to me as well that they have um like potions you don't like expect that from star wars in any sort of way um but they have these like you know potions that they have that make them like invisible and that kind of thing it's like so almost out of pocket for like the star wars universe's set of like rules of what can be done so i i I love that um their culture is very much like a witch culture like it's not even like star wars but make it which it's like no we're not even gonna deal with like your your regular star wars stuff this is our own separate thing which i think speaks to like the richness of the universe in that not everything is uniform yeah for sure um liliana do you have thoughts to add to that um i think it's yeah i just love that it's like another organized force like culture religion because we're so hyper focused on like the Jedi and the Sith and then here we have this third group that's like so interesting and cool and very similar to like how Kylo Ren isn't like a Sith either he's just another sort of thing and I just I just love that we're like getting away from this binary and like 
just the culture and world of Star Wars is expanding by so much by including the Night Sisters in canon. Yeah, for sure, Ruth. Um, I would just have to say that I think it's really cool that they have force powers we've never seen before. And it might just be because we see mostly Jedi and they're using the light side of the force. And this is allowing us to see more into like the possibilities of the dark side of the force. Cause we don't really get to see those cause there's always only like two people that are ever using the dark side of the force. Um, so I think that's really cool. Like we, with uh, Savage, how they can just like make a superhuman, well, super Zabrak being <laughs> and how Thank heavens we don't see a lot of other people doing that. Like, can you imagine if Darth Sidious just came out and made all the troopers like superhuman beings? That would be insane. Yeah, and like yeah. part of why we don't see those powers ever happening is because the Night Sisters have kept these things like secret intentionally from the Sith. And for like thousands of years, the Sith had been like, tell us how you're bringing back the dead. And it's so like interesting. They, they, it's like they're almost elevated above the Sith in terms of like what they can do mm -hmm. because I, I feel like there aren't a lot of things that the Sith know how to do that the Night Sisters are like try clawing at and trying to get at. Um, because we see like Mother Talzin use force lightning and we see them, I mean, I guess Ventress wasn't really brought up in the Night Sister culture since she was really sold um, as a baby, but um, she like, you know, if she were to have, I guess, stuck around and if the Night Sisters were to have continued to thrive while she was there, they would have had all the secrets of the Sith. So it's like really, they have the upper hand, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's really interesting. Uh, something that we don't, I mean, master and apprentice, yes, but we don't, you know, with the Night Sisters, we see all of these different, like, ranks or roles you know we have mother talzin who is the shaman for the group and the leader and then we have old daka and her entire purpose is to awaken the dead night sisters um as part of the, you know the army of the dead and then we have the assassins and then we have the mercenaries this they're being a really truly organized you know society that they've created for themselves where everyone has a unique role whereas we have the jedi you know yeah we have okay youngling padawan knight master but everyone still kind of has that same goal and same purpose in the group whereas i i think that the knight sisters the way that they're organized kind of makes them more successful because everyone knows their place and everyone you know is performing that role for the better of the group and i think that's a really interesting aspect of their society I think another thing that's interesting about them is like you were mentioning is with their roles that um, like I feel like the Jedi and the Sith are very stuck in their ways like this is how the force is used and don't try to use it other ways where I feel Night Sisters have been allowed to like explore that and try new spells and new ways of using the force that the other groups just haven't thought of doing because they're so stuck in the way that they've been doing things for so long. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I mean, alongside that, I mean, they they still, they're so unique um, in, in terms of the way they use the force, but they still are able to build relationships or they form relationships, as we see in canon, with the Sith, with the Separatists. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that dynamic for a bit, because obviously, you know, Talzin and Dooku have quite an interesting relationship. Um, 
yeah what, what are your thoughts on that Liliana um I I personally love when the Night Sisters are like isolated I feel like that's when they're at their peak but um yeah I love that they're like coming in as this sort of third party like uh representatives of like Dathomir and like just they have such unique things that they're bringing to the table but yeah that's like as much as I can say <laughs> oh I love that it's like he makes a deal with the devil when every time <laughs> Dooku has like a, a, a request for Talzin or something and um you know she's almost like exploiting that in order to get leverage over him I mean she does because she like makes him trade something for like a lock of his hair and then uses that against him in like her witch potion magic um to like make him sick it's it's just like it's like she really is the mastermind here and Dooku likes to think that he's the mastermind but it's I don't know it just, it, it just like gives me the warm fuzzies that it's like ha, ha, they're they're pulling all the strings so what do you think it is about them that causes Dooku to fall for it every time because it's not just the one time where you know he gets duped by Tails and every single time they have an interaction she is you know five steps ahead and he she always you know, comes out on top, well, until the end. But what do you think it is about the Night Sisters that allows them to be so manipulative and successful every time? Um, well, I feel like it's, like, very true to real life because we often see dictators going to witchcraft. Like, mm. Hitler, like, was very, very, like, very believed in witchcraft. Um, like I know in Cuba, like the like Fidel Castro would have a Santera, which is like uh, a practitioner of Santeria uh, in his cabinet. And like, it's just very true to like how a evil leader like Count Dooku would act in like our own world. That's an interesting perspective. What do you think, Baruth? Um, I don't know. I, it might be like, not seeing them for like the power that they have like viewing them as lesser like because I don't know Dooku views himself as this mighty Sith Lord who's going to take over the galaxy one day and so he's not looking at Talzin as a like competition he's like oh I if you're willing to help me you can help me and so I think it might be a little bit of that where he's like not fully thinking of her as a the threat that she is. Yeah, like underestimating, which mm -hmm. is so interesting. I mean, they, we, you know, Liliana said there's not sexism and I don't really necessarily think it is, you know, direct sexism in that way. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think there's something to be said about the fact that, you know, maybe it's more so that they keep themselves so secretive that these other influencers in the galaxy do not have any idea just how powerful they are. Um, so I think it's really interesting um, the, how she is able to, you know, work her way around all of these situations and take, you know, have so much influence, even when she herself, Talzin, is not actively there. You know, she has her plans. She has Ventress. She has Savage. She has Maul. Um, and I just think it's so fascinating how they make themselves relevant without fully infiltrating a situation. Um, it, it really speaks to how, you know, uh, like we said, we're, we're seeing, they use the force in ways that we aren't used to seeing it. And it's very interesting to see that play out in so many different ways. Um, 
but um kind of you know on that similar note you know let, let's kind of talk about the differences between night system magic and the force because i think that's really interesting um yeah well for starters night sister magic is very like aesthetically there and mm. like i feel like the force is very invisible except for like force lightning sort of thing but like force magic and like what the night sisters do there's often like something like there's often fire or some sort of aura present but we don't really see that in other forms of of the force they've got that green yeah. color scheme that kind of unites like everything yeah. they do <laughs> I, I never thought about that before actually <laughs> that's a good point uh what do you think ruth um yeah uh so a big difference, well, actually, it's not that different, because while I was doing my research, I actually came across someone talking about how in Rebels, we actually see Sidious, like, use a cauldron and do, like, the more, like, a witchcraft type of using the Force. And I thought that was interesting, because the only other time we see that is with Night Sisters. So it, like, just confirms more, because so often people are like, well, is it the Force? And I'm like, yes, it totally is. It's just a different way of using it. Uh, they also explain it a lot more like it's in their blood, which we hear Obi-Wan kind of talk to Luke about how the Force runs through your veins and everything. But I feel like their connection to the Force is a lot more uh, through nature, especially since a lot of their powerful Force magic comes from the planet that they're on. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, Dathomir, you know, and and I when I was reading, um, you know, they made mention of the fact that you don't see large hordes of Night Sisters off the planet because their power really is strongest on Dathomir. Um, and you know, we don't see that a whole lot with other planets. I mean, there are other planets that are richly connected to the Force, but Dathomir is very unique in that way. Um, which I think is really interesting. Um. And another thing that I would like to touch on, because we briefly mentioned it, but their relationship with the Zabrax is quite peculiar. Uh, did you, uh, Liliana, do you, I think you have, you might have some thoughts on that. <laughs> I'm literally obsessed. I think this is the funniest role reversal in anything because, like, as we know, like, Star Wars is such, like, a male-dominated space, like, fan-wise. And just to have this, like iconic group of women who are like in the Star Wars canon like very very powerful and like Asajj is very even like I've seen a lot of like Star Wars like fanboys respect Asajj which is like so fun and I remember my roommate in college who was who was a dude who loved Star Wars he had like all these action figures and everything one day he was like wait so there's this like really matriarchal society in Star Wars who like essentially like enslaves their men like you should look into this and <laughs> that was the start of my obsession and I love that they were able to tie Darth Maul into the story too um and I just think it's so fun because he's also like such a well-respected character and now he's this foil in Asajj like at least fan base wise and I just think it's so great I think they have such a really cool relationship between the males and the females and Dathmere I love it. And I love their horns. Very cute. <laughs> and I love how they say in like an episode of the Clone Wars that 
um, they thought Maul was originally from Iridonia, where like all the rest of the Zabraks mm-hmm. live. And then I think it's like Mace Windu who's like, yeah, no, like they like to exile their males to Iridonia and the women rule Dathomir. I was like, oh, that's so good. Good for them. I think one thing that really kind of stuck out to me, I don't know if you guys saw, I did, well, I know Liliana saw because that's how we connected in the first place, but my sister's video I did a while ago, they referred to, for a long time, they referred to the Zabrak men on Dathomir as their mailings because they just kind of saw this opportunity. You know, the original Night Sisters, at least in Legends, were human mostly. And they were like, oh, well, I guess we need to make more. Okay, let's just <laughs> enslave the men and we'll use them for that. Um, which is something, you know, that's kind of a trope we see the opposite of in things like The Handmaid's Tale, where that's the entire purpose of these women is to breed. Um, But you don't see that a lot where it's the other way around. And uh, while I don't necessarily agree with the term mailing, um, (laughs) I I think it's absolutely fascinating. Um, And um, yeah, um, I guess one thing that I'm curious about what you think about it, because like the Star Wars fandom is so male dominated and because like a lot of star male Star Wars fans sometimes like tend to try to like assert their masculinity in like online spaces so much. Do you think that like portraying strong women in such a way that like is threatening is like in any way almost detrimental? I feel like I don't see anyone complain about it. Mm-hmm. I, have you guys seen anyone complain about it? I feel like this is such a weird mm-hmm. exception to that, <laughs> like, rule. And I know, like, <laughs> like I, I actually, the only things I have seen about it is that people are like, oh my God, dream fantasy. Like, with, like <laughs> by the Night Sisters. And I was like, seek therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, That's I don't true. know. Have you seen anyone, like, be any fans like have a problem with this you know not really because they they really do respect them I hadn't I mean like yeah I I was just thinking about in terms of like tropes like oh well sometimes you know that comes back and bites people and makes them be like feminism scary but honestly Mm -hmm. to be like now that I'm thinking about it you're totally right people just go with it they they they're fine with the night sisters being and maybe it's because they're painted as like a villain um or, or maybe it's just because, like, you got to give respect where respect is due. They're powerful. They're badass. And, you know, I mean, unlike apparently Ray, they have, like, an explanation for all of their power and where, where all that power comes from. And it's, like, very well fleshed out, like, in the lore. So there's really no denying and, like, calling them overpowered. Mm-hmm. So do we think, I mean, why, you know, we're, we're talking about this power and, ha- you know, if all the Force users had these abilities, they would, you know, we'd be in a lot worse of a situation or the rebels would be. Um, why do we not regard them as like true villains? What is it about those, these Night Sisters that we don't, you know, we, we maybe they, maybe we fear them, but we don't consider them the same way that we consider Sidious. Uh, Ruth, what do, you, what do you think about that? I'd say it's maybe because the Night Sisters kind of play on their own field. Like they're not necessarily like, 
like we have dark side versus light side and the night sisters are like outside of that so like while they work with dooku and sidious and them they're also like when obi-wan and anakin come they let them in they talk to them like it's they're very like trying to keep on their own and a lot of that is talzin is just trying to sell her witches as mercenaries that's her whole plan she doesn't care who buys her mercenaries as long as she gets paid and she can keep the night sisters going so I think a lot of it has to do just with them being outside of the conflict we see in the movies and TV shows. Yeah, it is really like an isolationist culture. And I think if, you know, I mean, when you have those <laughs> isolationist um, sects and covens and that kind of thing, they're really not going to play that heavily into the wars part of the Star Wars because they're not seeking world domination like the Sith are. And they're not trying to like keep the Republic intact. They have their own agenda. And it's like when we see them, it's amazing, but they don't really get to be like in the main heart of the story a lot of the time because of the way that, I mean, they're just, they're, they're, they're lone wolves. But yeah. And that, that's so iconic. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great first, first start to this conversation, but, uh, you know, we've mentioned, we've now effectively mentioned Talzin, Ventress, and a little bit of Marin as well, but I would really like to talk about um, these three characters, because I think they, you know, have the biggest, you know, arcs in, in you know, of all the Night Sisters, and they, they differ, like, pretty significantly both like in their role as a night sister and where they end up um in the end so i would i would love to break down these characters and kind of talk about the similarities and differences and i want to start with talzin because um she is the first to go um and also she has such an influence you know and in the clone wars especially like that is her that is her story more than it is like the night sister story so uh why don't we break down her first because I think there's a lot to be said about Talzin in particular. Hannah, do you want to start us off there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, well, Talzin is um, Darth Maul's biological mother, essentially. And um, I think some of the early moments that we see her in, in like comics are, um, she's basically, <laughs> uh, Palpatine has sort of approached her to be his apprentice. And then he like, you know, um, Maul catches his eye and he sort of changes course and um, decides that he's just going to steal her son. And um, I think that that is sort of the inciting incident of a lot of like her, her, you know, um, wanting to sort of backstab the Sith. Um, and then, you know, we see her um, almost the whole time that we see her, she's this immensely powerful witch and she's a leader and, um, within like the group of night sisters she's almost like a maternal figure to all of them um or she i mean they call her mother talzin even dooku calls her mother talzin um so it's really cool to see like that she is the true matriarch of the night sisters um and she even outlasts them like even when all of her children really are gone or the night sister cult is really broken up and fractured um and obviously there are a few exception survivors but um she basically like is the unkillable force um you know she disappears into smoke anytime that someone's about to kill her um up until it takes Sidious, Dooku, and Grievous all three of them working together to finally kill her um in Maul Son of Dathomir so I think that is really cool um 
but yeah, I mean, she's just like this powerhouse. Um, yeah, w- like, what are your thoughts on on Talzin? She's I love that she's like the Pope of the <laughs> and. I love that she looks so, I feel like all the other Night Sisters kind of look humanoid. And then Mother Towson is just like scary monster, oh my God. <laughs> um, and she, even like her like outfit is very like people. And that like her little like hood sort of thing moment, <laughs> fashion moment, I have to say. Oh yeah. Um, and I just, I just really, and she also gives like supreme vibes. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I just love, I just, I just really appreciate everything she has to do. And I just really, they, you can tell they really spent time in her aesthetic and her costuming and everything. And it just, mwah, uh, chef kiss. And can we talk about the costumes for a second of all of the Night Sisters? They all look so good. Those like red wings and like gravity defying appendages off of their clothing. <laughs> oh my God. Yes like the Darth Vader cloak ripple that like maybe they use their force to just make their outfits dramatically flow. <laughs> yeah um and I think you know it, it's a, a one question I do have because her, her story starts essentially with you know Maul being taken away and it ends with her trying to you know protect him essentially and we have that arc in the Clone Wars as well where she you know, revitalizes him after his, you know, spider moment. <laughs> um, <clears throat> which, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, but something that I, I, I do wonder about because, you know, for a time we see her, what is presumably protecting her coven, but at the end, it almost kind of seems like she's just protecting herself. Um, and I, I wonder, you know, I don't know if you guys also had that feeling, but, you know, it, it kind of made me question her because there were times where I'm like, okay, she's just trying to protect, you know, everyone. She's trying to remain, you know, remain the leader, but also make sure that the nice sisters continue to thrive. But I don't even know if it's so much as she just gives up, but I think it's, it, 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 I don't know. It made me really question her intentions, uh, you know, at the end when she kind of was just like, okay, bye, I'm out of here. Um, yeah, so, yeah, mm-hmm. you want to talk about that for a second? Because, yeah, that, that definitely, I don't think that I ever really loved her, mm-hmm. but that made me go, hmm, like, okay, were you really, were you really like trying to preserve the Night Sisters at all? I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I think that's a, Good point. I also kind of felt that way with like, if you're so powerful, like we know she's powerful because she's the only person we've seen Sidious like afraid of, you know, we know she's super powerful. So why didn't she protect the Night Sisters more than she did? Um, it does make you feel like she was just trying to get more power for herself. Although you could say that she obviously does care about Maul because isn't her last moment right before she dies, she pushes Maul away so he can be protected. So she obviously cares about Maul, but that is a good question. Does she actually care about the rest of the Night Sisters or is it more just, oh, she is the leader, she is in charge. And so that gave her power. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, what, is, what about you, Liliana? What do you think about that? Um, I feel like she definitely cares about the Night Sisters, but at the end of the day, I think they were just a weapon for her or like a shield almost. 
um, and just another way to get power. Um, and I feel like that's very true to a lot of like witch stories when we see like one woman in charge of the coven. Like uh, you brought up the supreme. You may, I mean I I don't <laughs> think we're talking about like um uh I think we're talking more like uh, Jessica Lang supreme. Yeah, uh, I, not Sarah Paulson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Um she she seems very quest for immortality, like do whatever she wants to live forever sort of vibe um and yeah i feel like you can tell she definitely cares about them and you can tell she definitely is like these are my children but at the end of the day she's gonna do what she has to do to survive yeah but i you know the interesting thing to me is that yeah at least from the way that i perceive the night sisters is that's not Really, I, I don't really think that they're every man for themselves. They are such, uh, you know, they are a family and her, so so I think maybe that's why that caught me off guard so much because with Ventress, which, you know, this is a good segue into analyzing her character, but once the Night Sisters are gone, we see her repetitively, you know, stepping in the way of, you know, evil that tries to break up families and both in comics and in the clone wars specifically you know she carries those values with her as a mercenary as a bounty hunter which is completely different from the way that Talzin uh, kind of approaches it towards the end and um so and and i think you know of of the three characters i i know you love marion ruth but um of the three characters here i think that ventress by far has the most fascinating arc from her journey to from Sith Assassin to Bounty Hunter to lover of Quinlan Vos. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's talk about Asajj. Hannah, you want to give that a start? Yeah, of course. So Asajj, um, we see in the Clone Wars sort of like that little flashback moment of her life story um, and how she really didn't get to grow up as a Night Sister. Um, she really didn't spend much time at all, like really with the Night Sisters. She was given away as a child as sort of like a means of keeping their clan safe. Um, which I'm not totally sure whether the, I think it was like, oh, I don't know what kind of um, species it was that they gave them up to. Um, but I, I don't think it was like a species that was living on Dathomir. It was, it was, it must have been some sort of like agreement in order to keep Dathomir out of like some sort of external affair. And um, she was given up as like essentially a slave um, to this guy who was then killed like in a raid and um, she was taken in by sort of like a rogue Jedi figure. And then he was killed in a similar raid, also by a weak way for, I don't know if that's relevant, if she can t- goes on to have like a, like a grudge against the Hondo species as a whole. But um, it was like, it was really interesting to see how she has been tossed back and forth through every faction. Um, and she like, you know, she spent that time with the Night Sisters once she came back from being um, Dooku's assassin, but she didn't really get to like live as a Night Sister for very long. Uh, it was just like a, a very short period of her life where she was actually um, there. But it is so important to like her roots, um, and I think a lot of why we see the Night Sisters is because um, Ventress was one of them and allowed like the story to tie it back to that larger culture yeah for sure 
Uh, who wants to go next? <laughs> um, I could pop in. Um, Asajj is so interesting to me because she's one of the few anti-heroes we see in Star Wars. Because again, they're so focused on light and dark side. And she's just out here, like after she's done being a Sith assassin, like she she helps Ahsoka. She like teams up with like the main characters in Clone Wars. And, and she's hot. Um, she, I mean, she's so powerful. Yeah. She managed to like <laughs> temporarily seduce Obi Wan. Let's just throw that out there for a second, Her not to cut you off. Continue. They did <laughs> something. Um, she rocks the bald look. First of all, she is, and uh, back to her aesthetic because, like, obviously. <laughs> about that her tattoos amazing i love when she's in like her long skirt for a little shirt sort of deal that's really cute outfit i don't love her like bounty hunter sort of get up that's so funny i prefer that outfit actually it's funny you say that (laughs) (laughs) just like what i would wear you know what i mean um and also she has some of the coolest lightsabers in star wars the detachable like Mm -hmm. uh rapier sort of hilt uh, very Count, du- like two Count Dooku sabers. Very interesting. I love it. I am obsessed with that. Yeah. What about you, Ruth? Um, I I love Ventress. Uh, she was one of I've cosplayed her before. I love her. She's great. Um, I think she's she's just so cool. And I think it's so interesting because on her journey, like you said, getting tossed back and forth, a lot of it, especially after Dooku dumps her dumps her after all of that happens it's a journey of finding herself and I think that's why she goes back to the night sisters to be like this is where I'm from even though I haven't like existed here in a long time this is where I'm from I'm trying to find myself and then they get massacred and I haven't read dark disciples yet but I have heard it so good and I've read tons of synopsis and everything and I think a lot of that book is about her finding herself and figuring out who Ventress is. And especially with Quinlan Voss, finding someone who loves her for just who she is, not as a tool to push forward their agenda, even though that's what she starts with him, like her becoming, being loved for who she is was a big step in her journey. Yeah, um, I mean, I have not finished Dark Disciple yet, but highly recommend. It's a beautiful story. Um, and it, it definitely, like, if you didn't think that Asajj was sexy before, you will, especially, especially if you listen to the audiobook, because the <clears throat> the voice actor who does the audiobook does a f- phenomenal job of, like, really setting in that sexual tension between Quinn and Boss and Ventress. So highly recommend. But... Um, yeah, no, I mean, her, 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 her entire arc is so beautiful. And like you said, Ruth, it's totally about her finding herself. Um, and unfortunately, she meets her end in kind of, you know, it, it's almost full circle. Because <laughs> the person she thought uh, was going to, you know, bring her what she wanted out of life is eventually the person who takes her life. Um, but I think, you know, among all three of these characters that we're going to talk about, I think she definitively represents what it meant to be a, a night sister, even though she didn't spend that much time in the group, you know, in general. Um, and I just think it's so beautiful how she holds on to those values and, you know, as, as she spends more time away from the Sith and away from 
you know, Dathomir in general, she kind of realizes that, you know, how she doesn't have to be this evil, you know, figure that it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, even though all these people in her life, you know, either tossed her away or died before they had a chance to make an impact on her. She doesn't have to be this cold hearted, you know, villain. Um, and I, I just think she's one of the most fascinating characters in all of Star Wars. She's definitely, you know, one of my favorites, if not my absolute favorite from the Clone Wars specifically. Um, and that I think that something that's of note of when it comes to Ventress is the fact that she is like one of the few survivors of that massacre you know she gets away and she like has um the opportunity to have that out so it almost is like she has been the survivor of like a killing so many times and i feel like that really i mean it's not explored as heavily as a lot of the other things but that sort of survivor's guilt i feel like plays a lot into who she is as a person and i mean that's a good tie-in to someone else who you know is <laughs> a survivor um in her own right which, you know, I mean, Marin is like one of the one of the final girls as well. Um, I know, Ruth, this is this is your this is your baby. So would you love to tell us about Marin a little bit? Um, so, yeah. So the first thing that we know about Marin, obviously, is that she was part of the massacre that happened and she survived somehow. We don't know how she never explains that. Hopefully we'll learn more about her. Um, so she's part of the massacre, which happens about 20 years before the Battle of Yavin. And then Order 66 happens the next year and 19 years before Battle before Yavin. Battle of, uh, yes, before the Battle of Yavin. BBY. And, BBY. Yeah, BBY. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's there on her own with the Knight Brothers for about a year. And then Taryn Malakos, who was a Jedi general, uh, yes, Blech. we don't like him. Uh, he crash lands on Dothamir and basically takes control of everything that's happening. Because at this point, Marin is like 12 or 13. Like she's just like a really young girl. Her whole family has died. She doesn't know what's happening. And he takes control over the Knight Brothers and her. Uh, and so this probably isn't very happy for her life. And so... I think she kind of just lets him deal with the Knight Brothers and all the logistics of everything, which I think gives her a lot of time to do Knight Sister magic. Because as far as we know, Marin is one of the most powerful Knight Sisters we have seen. Because she's able to do like raising people from the dead without a sweat, you know, and all the magic that we just haven't seen any other Knight Sister other than like Talzin and them do before. So that's like her big thing is that and it's very interesting because we don't know very much about her magic because we see her for such a short time in game. But yeah, that's a basic breakdown. Yeah, um, absolutely. Liliana, have you played Fallen Order? Okay, so I'm a fan. <laughs> uh, just take my Star Wars card away. I got like two hours into Jedi Fallen Order and I hated the game mechanic so much. It's, it's, it's hard. It's so I hard. I literally was like, how are you supposed to play this game? Um, and like, I am, I do play video games. And it was just so like different and like challenging for me. And I don't even like Battlefront either. I find those mechanics also really- Ooh, like, those are fighting words. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I like, I know a little bit about Marin, but obviously I'm not the expert that Ruth is. 
<laughs> sure. I mean, I would definitely say, like, if you haven't, go watch all the cutscenes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, that game is uh, not easy. <laughs> um, and I say that as, like, a noob. I really don't. I'm playing KOTOR right now, and that's a struggle for me. And that game was made, like, in the early 2000s. So um, I'm no expert, but I do think that Marion is such a unique interpretation of the night sisters and the fact that she is so powerful when she only had herself basically mm -hmm. to learn all of this magic and you know i think part of it is that she wants to live up to what it meant to be a night sister uh you know she doesn't have any guidance in that regard but i think you know she wants to uh, she feels like some kind of duty to do right by her fallen sisters and you know we see her in the game kind of call upon them and you know refer to them because she yeah and Dathomir is such a you know like we said such a force rich place and she's able to in a way kind of connect with them despite the fact that you know they're all gone and she's the only one left um and it, another thing that we see that we don't really get even with Ventress is she kind of does a complete 180 once she realizes what Malikos has done to Dathomir. Um, and, you know, that's the first time that we have seen a Night Sister go completely to the light side. And yeah, I think she's still got a lot to learn and she admits that, you know, we see these moments, the, you know, she, unfortunately it's towards the end of the game, but we see these mm -hmm. moments, you know, on the Mantis where she kind of is, like what's going on like oh you know like what this is very interesting because she's not you know interacted with mm -hmm. especially not the jedi you know malikos convinces her that the jedi were responsible for the massacre which is obviously not true mm -hmm. um but yeah at the end of the game um she has committed herself to helping uh the mantis crew try to bring back the order and you know try to learn more about the Jedi and the fact that they were not these villainous people that she had always thought they were and I think that's really interesting I'm very intrigued to see what where that goes um in the sequel um and then we have a relationship with uh <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts are on that Ruth but I am a fan I support it yes 10 out of 10 I love the relationship with Cal I I think it's my OTP right now, um, obviously. Um, I love Cal and Marin. I think a lot of it comes from just like their joint having all the people they love be murdered dramatically in front of them. Uh, kind of brings gives them that like common ground. And you see that in the game when Cal and Marin are talking and Cal's trying to be like, the Jedi aren't your enemy. I'm like the last of my kind and she's like I'm the last of my kind and then being able to like sit on that common ground I think really makes their relationship sweet because it's like and they're both just such caring individuals like we see Marin we, when we first see her she's really harsh and hard because obviously she thinks that Cal is there to destroy her you know because she thinks Jedi are evil but by the end of the game you just see how caring Marin is as a person like are we allowed spoilers? Um, what yes. kind of spoilers? Okay. Spoiler alert so, for Fallen Order. <laughs> so at the end of the game, after she saves Cal and Sierra from Nur, and Cal comes out, like her first instinct is to hug him. Like that just shows the kind of person she is, that like she is a touchy, huggy, caring person. And like, it just makes my soul happy. 
Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, as you were talking, I kind of, like, thought back to her character, and just like all the other Night Sisters and Talzin and Ventress as well, one similarity is she has her power moment, you know? She has a moment where she <laughs> literally, like, buries Malikos alive, and she's like, Dathomir will be your grave. And... <laughs> So even though she is such a caring, like, kind person mm-hmm. in her heart, she also has that, like, bad bitch energy, um, which is, you know, so true to the Night Sister culture, which I love. Um, but and I know you're not a gamer, Hannah, but it's worth at least watching the cutscenes as well. Yes, I'll get it. It's like an hour. It's almost, it's like an hour, but it's also, you know, it's kind of like watching a film because the motion capture is so good. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of, I think that kind of leads us into our final act here because we've analyzed all these three beautiful, fantastic women. Um, so yeah, I mean, Hannah, you want to take charge of this section? Because I know yeah, you put absolutely. it. Um, so my big thought on, um, uh, on the Night Sisters as a whole is what I want to know is what, (laughs) oh my gosh, let me rephrase this. Um, I want to know what you guys think as to like, what is the impact of the Night Sisters on just like Star Wars at large? Like what, if you could like boil it down to a couple things that you think that like, what is it that they give to the Star Wars universe? We'll start with Liliana this time. Um, I think they give the potential for more more force religions um i think it would be really interesting to see even in the comics or like in an anthology film something more than just the jedi and the sith because a lot of people a lot of like casual fans think that's it thinks you can't there's no such thing as a, a force user there's just jedi and sith um but there's but star wars is so much more complex than that and i'm glad that they're going that way um, and also, I feel like it does give some of these, like, Ray's and Mary Sue uh, <laughs> sexist fanboys a moment of, like, oh, well, maybe, like, not all the women in Star Wars are useless and annoying, because I often see, like, Bo-Katan be chalked up to be, like, frustrating mm-hmm. and, like, a, and a B-word. Um, <laughs> and, like, a so they love Ahsoka. Have you, you guys have noticed this what is it it's like it's the (laughs) rhetoric of like i i can't be racist i have one black friend i can't be sexist i like (laughs) she's a dude bro i mean this is like gonna be an entirely like we're gonna have to do an episode about (laughs) this at some point but like no i mean she's a a, even ventress like i wouldn't call her a dude bro like ahsoka but you know she kind of the people she associates with because the night sisters get massacred pretty much all men so (laughs) i think that's part of it but that does not take away from the fact that she is a bad bitch and like one of the most amazing most powerful women in this entire universe um but yeah what about you ruth what do you what do you think about the impact Um, of the night sisters yeah i i think a lot of it is just having those powerful women in there is a big impact that they have. I'm really excited because did you guys know that the the lady that Ahsoka fights in the Mandalorian episode is actually a Night Sister? I heard that actually. <laughs> heard it's like rumor. 99% confirmed. They haven't 100% confirmed it, but like 
I'm hoping, because I'm hoping that they bring a lot more about the Night Sisters in the canon. Um, but I think, yeah, it just gives space for powerful women in the Star Wars universe that like we have powerful women elsewhere in the Star Wars universe, but this is like just a chunk of powerful women. And so I'm really down for that. Yeah, yeah and that leads us into our next question, um, which is what if you had the power to, this is one of my favorite questions. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Darth Choco, but he does this on his podcast all the time. And that question is if you had control creative control what would you do to add more night sister content into canon they had all these tv shows they had they added like what eight new tv shows and i feel like they could have just made a night sisters like show do you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it could have been so easy just to like like if they're gonna do all this like i don't even care about some of the stuff they're doing to be honest like they could have like like instead of i don't know whichever one's the least popular they like, just do a night sisters one instead or like maybe a quick like like little like like how they did rogue one and solo maybe a quick asajj ventress like full movie about her and i feel like that would be really interesting what uh, like in that night sisters tv show would you want to be seeing like would you want it to follow anyone in particular um hmm I would love to see a new, a new lady and like, maybe like, um, maybe like post massacre. Uh, cause we got, cause we have so much like, while they're like ruling strong on Dathomir. Um, and a trope I love to see that I saw in, um, in She-Ra is, uh, is Perfuma, the pr like Princess Perfuma. I don't know if you guys are familiar with she -Ra. Oh yes this perfuma um on this planet like there's a couple princesses who are like these girls who have powers and perfuma is transgender and she even though she's transgender and was obviously like born a male she still inherits these female-based powers and i feel like that would be such an interesting and like very progressive subject to bring up in star wars since like they're obviously like very female-based power and um like there's so much there's like aliens and stuff in Star Wars. You can make someone transgender. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's my that that would be like my little creative god moment. <laughs> I love that. Um, I would I have to be biased towards the video games. Um, I I just want a Marin video game. <laughs> um, but that's my bias towards Marin. I think it would be cool. I want to know a lot more about Night Sisters magic and like what it's capable of. Cause we see all the cool things they can do like making super powered Savage and raising people from the dead and teleporting. Like we don't see that anywhere else. And so I think it would be really cool just to have like a video game where you got to play as a night sister and like it would allow you to speed travel and do all that stuff you need to do for a video game in the Star Wars universe that you wouldn't easily have otherwise. So that's what I would want to do. I'm, you know, obviously I'm not familiar with Fallen Order. Do you not get to play as Marin at all? No. It's She's just I mean, like a side character. The story is Cal. I mean, um, it, the story is Cal reclaiming his identity as a Jedi. And, you know, um, 
like I hate to say this, I, I mean, no disrespect to Marin, but it is Cal's story and it mm-hmm. needs to be Cal's story. But it would be interesting if we got to play as Marin in the game. sequel or mm-hmm. just have, yeah, like a separate game or something that adds to her character because we don't know how she survived. Um, that would be really interesting uh, for me personally, mm-hmm. because the Night Sisters, at least in Legends, um, were very an ancient organization rather you know compared to some of the other things we see in star wars i would love to see uh even just a quick mention of darth Mir or you know a, a storyline even just if it's like a side storyline in the high republic where they go to darth Mir to interact um with the night sisters um obviously they're no by no means going to be a part of like the villain stuff because i don't know if you guys have read the high republic yet or light of the jedi i highly recommend it please go read it it's so good but um that's a whole new era that star wars is exploring now and we've got so many books coming out um about that era so yeah i would like to see um some of night sister action uh in that storyline because the galaxy at that time period was vastly different from uh how it was when we saw the night sisters and the clone was so i would love to see that they're you know maybe a more pure version of their culture because i think desperate times call for desperate measures and that might be why talzin did have a moment of okay bye i'm gonna save myself um so yeah i mean just like we see with the high republic this pure like more accurate representation of what Jedi was supposed to be. I would love to see that in that era as well. Um, and it would be really neat to see like the Night Sisters helping the Jedi as because we've seen them like hang out with the Sith and um, bolster the Sith. And I know that they're like mostly neutral, but it would be cool to see them like working together with the Jedi, despite the fact that they do technically use the dark side of the Force with their Night Sister magic. But I feel like it's almost so different that I. I, I think like it could be a really interesting alliance to like witness. Even that, but I mean, back back to the High Republic because that's where my <laughs> I, I'm 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 heavily involved with that stuff right now. But um, even you know the, the the villains of the High Republic, I won't give spoilers away because Hannah, you need to finish that book. Um, but you guys also, if you have a moment, it's it's a it's a quick read. It's so good. But um, you know the Nile are not force sensitive, and they are afraid of what the jedi can do so i would like to see you know if not an interaction with the jedi then an interaction with them in the similar fashion to how they um helped dooku and i would love to see them kind of cheat the nile to be honest now that i know more about them but yeah definitely um what other questions i think we had more i don't know hannah you were in charge of that (laughs) Well, I, I, we kind of touched on it earlier about how, um, you know, in general, they really fill in a gap as to, like, what women are in the galaxy and um, what, I guess, you, you always see those, those, like, girl boss t-shirts where they're like, a woman's role is in the resistance and it's got the picture of Princess Leia. The force um, is female. <laughs> Which is not even, I, people like, right. are not upset about Star that Wars. slogan. It, it was a Nike thing. Like, what are you talking? Um, but, um, God. Um, yeah, it, it's, I, I guess I wanted, like, your take on, I mean, does this open new doors as to, like, 
outside of the Night Sisters in particular, what other kind of like tropey things could we be see- we be seeing female characters do in Star Wars? I know we're hitting you with the hard questions <laughs> today. Uh, female clones. Ooh. That can be interesting. Like maybe like something went wrong. <laughs> like, sort of bad batch sort of vibe. Like, the bad bitches. Ooh. <laughs> or like, I mean, because the Kaminoans, <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure they've cloned things before. It could even be like not even Republic clones. It could be like mm-hmm. a whole separate era of cloning tech. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of want to see all the slave Twi'leks get up and kick butt. Mm-hmm. You know, like, can we have some, like, you know, Twi'leks are seen as such such sex objects in the Star Wars universe that, like, I would die for, like, a kick butt of, like, assassin group of, like, mm-hmm. sexy Twi'leks that go <laughs> and kill people yeah. um, and are just powerful in and of themselves. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm like I mentioned quickly earlier. I'm playing Kotal right now, and there are a lot of play. I don't know if you guys have played it, but there are a lot of places where there are slaves, and they're all Twi'leks. And yeah. uh, y- you know, uh, I I was doing this part yesterday, and you could go to like the slave quarters, and you could get a massage. Like this game is really weird, but um, <laughs> you know, I Revan is who you play as in Kotal, um, and I you can pick male or female I went male because I wanted the canon story but um if you talk to the male slaves they go oh we can't help you I'm sure you'd much rather talk to the females and so yeah no that would be awesome if we saw an uprising of of slave a Twi'lek slaves for sure um what, what, what about you Hannah since you asked the question yeah I mean you know, going back to what Liliana said um, before um, about how it opens up to see like more force sensitive religions um, and how um, that, that got me thinking about how like Chirrut from Rogue One is like kind of a, a, a force monk who's like kind of force sensitive, but not in the way that Jedi are. Um, and I, I would love to see like some female monks that are not Jedi. Um, that are just sort of like rogue maybe in like their own little sect maybe with like male monks i don't know but just like some more um force worship that is like interpreted um through through a female lens almost um because i I just love like (laughs) um as far as female monks go janora i adore her in legend of korra um so i always want to see like something like that of like just just you know when you think monk Technically, yes, you could think Jedi, and there are female Jedi in canon, but normally just the word monk does not, it's a male-associated word. Um, so I, I don't know. I would just love to see like the, that kind of like wise woman type situation, because, I mean, we've got a lot of wise men in the Star Wars universe, and like there are a few like, you know, wise women um, as far as like Talzin goes and um, the librarian. Yaddle. <laughs> but I want to see more. I want to see like the biggest joke in Star Wars. No, she's not. No, she's not. Yaddle can kill. Hands you. are about to be thrown. <laughs> she can kill you by just thinking. I don't know if you saw my video on that, but I've talked about it several times. She, it's she's crazy. She's like insanely powerful. And that's like a light side ability. Like what the heck? <laughs> but <laughs> but okay. I mean. 
potentially Grogu's mother. That's where he gets his like inclination. No, horse no. chokes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just want to see like those kind of like because witches are a female trope, um, and I want to see more like male tropes that are like sort of for spiritual, but um, with women in them. Yeah, um, and, and now just kind of as a last wrap up on that thought, I did think about what Liliana said about the Bad Batch. Maybe the Bad Batch's enemy is a group of female mercenaries who are like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's something like that. I don't know. I mean, I think that thankfully we're seeing a lot more it's not perfect yet but i do think we are seeing you know more and more representation in star wars um in a lot of aspects so i think there's plenty of room for them to come up with something like that um and i'm excited for all the new shows and the acolytes um is the high republic show and that's going to have a female lead um so that's pretty cool um but uh yeah i'm excited to see where the future what the future holds for these characters um and the new characters and the new uh female powerhouses that we're hopefully gonna see uh here soon um but yeah i mean i think this is a good place to wrap up um i'm so thrilled that we had both of you on today to talk about this um real quickly if you just both want to uh remind everyone how uh, they can find you uh, the content you make and whatnot um start with liliana this time um, so again, I'm at TikTok at, uh, at Liliana Shapiro. Um, and also my friend Daniel and I are starting a podcast called On the DL. Um, cause like DL, Dan Liliana, also DL because it's like gay and like being on the down low means you're like, uh, straight passing. And basically what we're going to do is like, look at a different movie from our childhood, like 90s to early 2000s, and each week examine it from like a queer lens, even if it's not inherently gay, like like maybe your first, like our first like crushes growing up, like, oh my God, what's happening? And I definitely, I wanna, I definitely wanna do like the prequels. So maybe we could have a collab and talk about how Anakin Skywalker is just so sexy and so is Padme. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. And you, Ruth? Um, so you can find me on TikTok at Ruthless Night Sister and on Instagram at Ruthless Cosplay. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. And thank you guys for watching or listening, whether that be on Spotify or YouTube and hopefully Apple Music soon. Oh, Sawyer's mic just turned off. Um, so I'm going to wrap up. <laughs> she just hit it with her hand, I guess. Oh, there you are. You're back. You're back. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in for this episode about the Night Sisters. We really hope you enjoyed it. Um, please subscribe um, if you want to hear more from us. And yeah, thank you so much. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>